Same as the weather where you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually very grateful that it happens to be a sunny day today because it makes a world of difference. It sure does. You know, part yeah. like there, I go through waves where I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. sunny is wonderful. It feels so good. And then I'm like, oh, it's so sunny. I wish it were rainy because like that oh, feels so yeah. good to cu- you know curl up and and do nothing when it's rainy. But yeah, sometimes. I mean, when yeah. I came to visit your balcony um, yes. and it started raining, that was a bummer because I you know I, I wasn't know. done. I wanted to hang out i wanted to you're like do you need an umbrella down there i know i was like i got one i'll toss you an umbrella (laughs) um but anyway are you okay do you feel like i don't know happy sad what are you feeling i i mean i feel you know what i think this is this is done and it's connected people in some you know different ways like that day where you came over that was like so it was so such like a little thing but it was a huge thing, you know, and I Ren agree. and I talked about it for a long time, like how, how that like made our week and I how agree. nice it was. And Ren was like, man, they didn't have to do that, but they came and it was out of their way. And like, even if it's just for a little while, it feels so good. And so, yeah, you know, to feel not alone. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm just like trying to like, in, I don't know, think of other ways to kind of engage with people and, and things like that. I know that it is very hard for people who, like me, have uh, mental health struggles, mm-hmm. um, that this is obviously going to oftentimes exacerbate that. And I certainly am no expert and am not good at <laughs> overcoming it, but I certainly do try to count my blessings mm-hmm. um, and know how it could be so much fucking worse in so many ways. And that's all I can do at this point. Yeah, yeah. It really. It's all you can do. And you know what? I think create... like recognizing like little tiny mood boosters that you can do. Like, um, Mm -hmm. I got, I had a friend send me this list and it was like, not a list really. It was more like a, a worksheet that, um, someone had developed about how to boost your mood in tiny ways. And she came up and developed with this really cool, um, what she calls the ABCs. And so first, and I thought this is so helpful. This is good no matter when. Like it's okay. just a fantastic uh, 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 technique technique to help mm-hmm. you create small change because like we want we have these goals and we have these th- things we want to you know accomplish whatevs but a lo- often it can be like we have this idea or we think like oh I need change I need to make big changes but really like small changes help us the most and can kind of mm. like get things kickstarted so okay. she said first let's like get ready she said first let's just think of a list of things that have that potentially could boost your mood. And so she divides Ooh. things into four categories: physical, mental, social, and emotional and spiritual. So you can make a list of things that boost your physical, like dance to a song, enjoy a warm bath. That does um, help. Those things you know, they really move, do. play with pets, lift weights. So first you make a list of all these little the things that would boost you. And she even divides it into move boost like physical boosters that are move related that are touch related sense related and food related and even like grooming related so going into detail on that and then once you have the uh like thing that you want to do so say you want to okay boosting my mood i want to like dance to a song more 
Well, that's great. You have the idea of what you want to do. But the problem is we have trouble then turning that into an action and actually doing it. So with this whole little ABCs, she says, you first have to identify A, which is your anchor moment. So this is something that's already in your routine already that reminds you to do this tiny behavior. Like, for example, every time you um, make a meal, you, we have to eat. We have, you know, you're going to do <laughs> yes. that every day. So when you make a meal, turn music on and dance in your kitchen while you're making a meal. Yes, and then I'm there's all for that. tiny behavior. And then after you do it, you have to celebrate in some way. Celebrate by thinking about how, and celebrate doesn't mean like throwing yourself a party, but almost like a party on the inside. Like thinking about something <laughs> positive that you do to create a positive feeling. So like thinking about like, how good does your body feel after you danced? How much do you like this song? And that reinforces your brain to say, yeah, we should do that again. So anchor moment, <laughs> your tiny behavior, and your celebration are the ABCs. So oh, I've been kind of wow. focusing on this and thinking about what are these little tiny habits. Like um, one that she gives an example of is like a physical one, um, like wanting to work out more, or like wanting to move your body more. And so she says like a tiny habit. After I flush the toilet, I will do two squats and then I'll give myself a thumbs up in the mirror. <laughs> and That's it's like, cute. there you go. The action is flushing the toilet. The little behavior is two squats and the celebration is thumbs up in the mirror. That's really cute. And that's all you have to do. And you just do those things, like add one of those little things and think about what's something you already do, what's something you want to add to that, and how can you celebrate that afterwards. And you will be so surprised at how those little teeny tiny changes can boost your mood. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I was going to tease you today and say, I bet you those goddamn um, good news uh, accounts you follow on Instagram are like, they should just post pictures of tumbleweeds right now. No joke. <laughs> it is it is kind of hard to find some good good news, but thank God. Netflix has gifted us with some of the shows and documentaries that they have gifted us right. recently. Yes. Oh yes. my God. It felt like Christmas times a million when I watched really the first did. episode of the Tiger King. Yeah. I was hashtag blessed. So bl I mean, I'm getting chills right now. Hey, Just, all you like, cool cats and kittens, listen up. If you, <laughs> if you have not watched Tiger King yet, which I don't know anybody that has not enjoyed this yet. So please do yourself a favor. I Watch mean, it for real. And this is one of those things where we could talk, we can go into detail on here about it. And it's not a spoiler because you got to see it to believe. You won't even. You really do. Ren said that watching the show ha gave him wrinkles because <laughs> the expression that he's ma he ma had to make the whole time watching it was like no expression he's ever made before. And I was like, that's the look of disgust is what's on your face, <laughs> in case you're wondering what that expression is. That asymmetrical I, expression is contempt and disgust. I'm assuming almost everyone's watched it, but for those who haven't, what is the premise of this series on Netflix? 
Okay. It's a docu-series. Docu-series about the big cat industry and specifically three or four zoos, zoos, and I use that word very loosely. roadside. Roadside zoos um, that are in this battle with uh, another tiger sanctuary and PETA. Mm -hmm. And man, oh man, are big cat people frickin' weird. Yeah. Well, okay, let's start there because yes. I did an episode of Challenge Mania with Scott uh, just about Tiger King. Oh, And this cool. was, <clears throat> excuse me, this was one of the things I wanted to delve into deeper with you. What do you think it is about mm-hmm. folks who really love exotic animals and want to domesticate them? I'm so glad that, you asked. Okay, this, what this is, is it that makes them weird? I mean, it's got, or there's, that way. okay, so there are serious narcissistic <laughs> Traits and, an and understatement. understatement of the century that okay. the, all these people are narcissists like crazy, and yeah. I think it's something about power and control yes. and controlling this thing, yes. and that you are so powerful. And I would imagine it's a lot of people who maybe felt powerless in yes. their childhood and, and want to so, feel godlike. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. it gives me goosebumps. It's like so true, and yes. so they need to. Uh, uh, like exert this power over something that is perceived by others to be very yes. powerful. Yes. So then they look like the most powerful. Like right. lion is the king of the jungle. Well, now I have, I'm the king of the lion. So you or tigers, whatevs. So exactly. You, so you should really like bow down to me. Yes. And it is so creepy. Yeah. And it, I was interested in how um, it appeared that many of the characters really began with great intentions and yes. a passion for conservation, education, and all that. And then the greed and ego kind of came over time. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah. The greed and ego came over time. <clears throat> and I think it, it also it, it reinforced those uh, uh, traits that if you know, maybe they weren't involved in that world would have been, uh, you know, kind of like how we talk about when a narcissist goes on the challenge, like they're, you're supposed to at that time in your life, like if you're a narcissist and you like go to college, you kind of get like a, you kind of get checked. You get a reality mm-hmm. check where, where people are like, mm, you're not that great. And you, you know, yes. you, and some of those, some of those qualities and, and personality traits can kind of, uh, um, Self-correct. Yes, self-correct, exactly. Mm -hmm. But when you are in an environment that encourages those or you get rewarded, it makes you almost double down on those things. And then what becomes more important is the attention that you get for that. And like the people, you know, we see it on the show where people don't care about the almost like, you know, being the bad guy in a way because of the perceived notoriety and attention that comes with it. Yeah, there are social rewards instead yes, of consequences. Totally. So there were so many of those. And it just, I, it seemed like every single one of them were running their own cult. This is what I said to Scott. I was like, listen, I study cults for a living. Yes. This is exactly what cult leaders do. And you can see why it's effective. If a cult were all bad, no one would join. Right. The way that you can have a successful cult is if there's something appealing about it or something it provides for you that you are missing. 
And so these guys are really good at picking people that would be inclined to devote themselves to this cause or to this person. And then as such, they can then be controlled. Yes. And I think it was so interesting to see one man who was doing this that was a straight guy who was recruiting all these young girls and it was yeah. so disgusting. And then another guy who's a gay man who was recruiting all these boys yes. who were, and he was absolutely taking advantage of them, boys mm-hmm. that were straight. And he was giving yeah. them drugs and he was giving them money and, you know, gifts. And they were sacrificing like their own identity and everything for that life that isn't even real. And they all suffered from it. Yeah. And the Travis story, the one with the little, his little boy toy from California who ended up, oh, I mean, what a tragic ending. Yeah. There's, uh, I always talk to Sarah about how the key to a great docuseries or documentary is having things on footage that normally you wouldn't. And number one, since the main character, Joe Exotic is a narcissist, he's filmed everything. And then also they were paranoid. So there were security cameras. So we were able to see things that we you don't want to see and that were horrifying, but they're obviously fascinating, such as the accident what is your where Travis died. on Yes. Oh my god, which I don't think was that much of an accident. I wonder. I mean I this is not the first story I've heard of somebody who's like messing around with a gun and like plant, pretending to aim it at their head and it's gone off and the people in those stories that I hear about, yes, of course, that could happen accidentally, but the people who I've heard these stories about had underlying mental health disorders or depression and things like that and would yeah, be people, I, think I would say. Yeah, there's a strong overlap Yes, there. huge. Mm-hmm. But tell me what you think about the woman who ran the cat's Big Cat Rescue. So um, one of the things that fascinates me about the series is they're really, <clears throat> excuse me, is no hero. There's nobody that you think... That's no who hero. I want to win. Right. And that makes for a great story, too, because you, you're vacillating all the time between, like, is this person a villain or or not? And she was probably inclined to participate in the documentary because she believed it would help the cause of yeah. saving exotic animals or helping her own um, sanctuary. But raised a lot of questions about her own character I, clearly she's flawed. Clearly she has foibles. There's some intimation that she may be violent and responsible for her first husband's disappearance. I'm not convinced of that, but I do think it took you down the road of, well, she's not she's not the Mother Teresa of big cats, as Man, she claims. I think she did kill her husband. Really? I think she was some way involved with... The, it just seems really suspicious... Like, I think he dis- he set it up. I think he disappeared okay. on his own and then sort of set everybody up to think she did it. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing is, like, because there's no hero in the movie, it could be anything. We don't know. Oh, my God. Because he was, like, going to Costa Rica to, like, bang other ladies. So Right. Oh, my gosh. Faked and, it. and I was like, yep, yeah, see, this is... Uh, uh, um, this is totally a thing, like like... Man, freaking people faking their own death. <laughs> Wait, I I want to know the most important question, Sarah, is what do you think of Joe Exotic's music videos? Oh, I saw a tiger. My God. I'm not convinced that that's him singing. 
Oh, it's not. It's come out that it's not. Oh, good. I'm so There's glad a- because the whole time <laughs> Ren, Ren was like upset. He was like, that's not him. That is not him. He couldn't it's too stop good. saying it. And like the the best the best like well, I mean there are a million great moments in that. But the one of my favorite moments was when he was driving in the car singing to his own music and wasn't <laughs> matching it. And I was like, that's not it. That's like missing the Prince. I didn't even notice. It I was did not. so, you know, like it was so, oh my God, it just I just thought, because, you know, obviously the music videos are so funny and the, the characters in this are so over the top and ridiculous that it didn't yeah. even matter whether the song was good or not. But the vocals, I thought, well, he's really not bad. But right. now we know it wasn't him after right. all. I wonder if he wrote the lyrics. Oh, I'm Here, Kitty sure. Kitty, hit single. <laughs> <laughs> oh god it was so and how about the tattoos i've never seen worse tattoos in my whole life which ones i, I mean like property of joe exotic tattooed <laughs> over the straight guy's like abdomen ab lower lower or, yeah, lower yeah. abdomen <laughs> cheesy crazy I didn't think that you're telling me that the tattoos are poor quality. <laughs> poor quality, also an understatement. Like the, it just, and, and then, you know, I, like, I look at all those things, like the haircuts, the pierced ears, the, the tattoos and everything. And mm. I kind of use them as clues as to when the footage is from. Yeah. You know, so it was easy to kind of see like, oh, he doesn't have the neck tattoo that he got in to, for his new husband. Uh, so this is from an older one. So like I like looked for all those wow, things and in doing so, um, you know, really. You have a better sense of continuity than the average viewer. I mean, I think that may, it, you know, I, yes, it could come from being on TV. <laughs> I, I think so. But it also could come from my mom being in that industry because my mom made me hyper aware of continuity issues. Her like best yeah. friend in the film industry was a script supervisor whose job it is to make sure that there's continuity. Yeah. And so anytime there wasn't in a movie, my mom would be like, mm, look at that person's hair. Mm, look at, she yeah, would call it out all guys. the time. She'd be like, look at how that shirt's button. Look at how. So it's like, it's been something that my family has called out since we were little watching movies and now i'm like hyper aware of those things i was also <laughs> hyper aware of the amount of inbred tigers that i saw oh how did I, you know oh my god you can tell in two seconds their eyes are too close together they're often mm. cross-eyed the ones that are oh. those ligers that they breed are really really heavy in this like they have really heavy stomachs like big they're like carry a lot of weight in their stomach they it's it, it's a very like easy look to spot once you know what one looks like and it's so sad because you're like oh my and the fact that there are between what do they say five thousand to ten thousand lions and and tigers in big cats in captivity in the united states alone and there are only four thousand in the world not in captivity yeah it's a sad state of affairs, and obviously, I, I do wonder if this will be the blackfish of exotic cat breeding, and I, 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 certainly I hope, hope that so. it is. Um, mm. And a lot of people don't know, and I even saw, you know, our friend Camilla last year went to Thailand, and she bought, gave a bottle to, like, a tiger cub or something, mm-hmm. and... Even then, I was just like, oh, girl, that's mm-hmm. not good. Like, yeah. the tourism of exotic animals, I've read about it in the New York Times and stuff, it's a real problem. Even like in um, 
Thailand, if you 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 can go to like a sanctuary where they say they rescue these guys from the exploitative places. The if you look in their into their money, they're often um, funded by the same companies. So whenever the elephants get too old to like give rides to tourists, then they go to the sanctuary, oh. and then it seems it's really just they're both the same. Yeah, I so, remember when we were yeah. on the ruins. We in our mm-hmm. intro video, in our yeah. like uh, the intro for it, our team rode on elephants. Yeah, did you feel ambivalent about that? No, I felt it was it was it ambivalent, meaning like I don't care. Like like you wanted to do it, but oh. you knew it was wrong. Yes, correct. I was like, wait, yeah. I don't think I know what ambivalent means. Um, you like you have mixed feelings. Yes, but like no, I had I knew what my feelings were. I knew it was wrong and I didn't want to do it. And they were like, you have no choice. And I was like crying. I cried because I saw the purple iodine dye dripping down the, the elephant's forehead from where they use these hook, these like, they look like sickles almost. And they, when they ride the elephant, they hit the elephant on the top of the head with it. And they often make the elephant bleed. And I was just like yeah. heartbroken because you could see all this purple running down their faces. And that's to stop that's like to stop the bleeding. No. It was so sad and it just broke my heart and I can't stand like the idea of animals in captivity like that in that used for like the commercialization and the mon- like you know I'm all about helping them and like the things that like you know our good friends at the zoo do but this is different. This is <clears throat> like you know and I, when I was in Thailand by myself, just cruising around on my scooter, I came up, there was, uh, I was on my way to one of the temples, and I stopped to have a, a beer or something at um, this little, like, roadside cafe, and they had a little baby elephant that was chained up there, so, like, oh people would come God. and stop, and the elephant, they'd, the, the people who were working there would be like, oh, look, the elephant's dancing. No, fuck no, the elephant is trying to escape, and trying mm. to, like, move, like, go, what the heck is this thing on my leg? And it was just so sad and then when i was Mm. in mexico once on a like booze cruise with some people from camp we were in um encinita and they they had somebody who was like offering like take pictures with this lion like tiger cub and i refused i was like other people from our group were doing it and i was like mad at them i'm like you that look that tiger is declawed it's like taken this is a sad people just sad don't get story it. and they only stay that size until they're like six months old even younger and then they what do you do with them yeah. according to a lot of these guys euthanize them which is so sad yeah it's all real sad oh. and that's the thing is like i do my hope is that because this series is so flashy and hilarious in a lot of ways that people will watch and then be educated as a result of just yeah. being entertained. Yeah. That's all you can kind of hope for. Um, so one of the saddest things was uh, at the end, um, uh, uh, Joe, exotic, says, you know what happens to an animal in a cage? Its soul dies. And he was talking about himself mm-hmm. being in jail. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God, is that true? One of the saddest videos I have ever seen was uh, a, a somebody from an animal sanctuary who was talking about a, a a big cat that they had they had just rescued or you know taken away from one of these roadside zoos or like maybe a private owner or something, and they put the they now are in this like you know big wildland area where they have acres and acres to roam, and this cat because it had lived in a cage its whole life, 
And when, when animals, when tigers or big cats are nervous and, and anxious, they pace the outside of their territory. They pace yeah. like the outside and around the perimeter of it. And this tiger would walk in eight foot by eight foot circles because that's the only world he knew. Mm. With all that room to roam, there was still this tiger was still anxious and wouldn't leave and was too. That's like, that's like, uh, uh, like kind of like learned helplessness or like what happens when you have yeah. Uh, basically, like the tigers in a cult too, where like there's no mm-hmm. I, no chance of escape. And well, tiger didn't sign up for it, but you know, like even when the chains are off. They're, the mental chains are still there. It made me sad also, um, in addition to the sadness about the animals, how, you know, the people in it, a lot of them were really charismatic and funny and, um, you know, ha- probably had like good IQs, but just weren't educated. Yeah. And I said to Scott, I I just feel like a lot of them, if they just had a library card or you know, some direction in their life. They could have done great things and they just yeah. didn't know any better. That part really bummed me out. Yeah. The, the, Even Joe. Yeah. The man who had his legs amputated, who had... Yeah. I thought he was... He had a good heart. Like, he wanted to do the right thing. And... A lot of them, I think, did. I could just... I just was like, oh, my God, it was so sad. And, like, how would you... Oh, I just, it was just, it was, it was so much. It was all the feelings. Well, and then all the people that go to these places tend to be, you know, like folks, um, well, at least in these cases, they're all Southern folks that, Mm -hmm. you know, this was really exciting for them and they saved up a lot of money to do it because they always really wanted to see a tiger. And I totally get that. Mm -hmm. They don't know any better. That's why you have to regulate in order to prevent because people just don't understand. Yeah. And like, oh my God, the woman who had her arm ripped off. It's just like... Well, um, not I didn't know this either, but I read since that he is a trans man. Oh. Um, he goes by the name Saf. Oh, yeah. Which is like the first part of his last yeah. name. And he prefers he and him. Oh, okay. So. I didn't know that. They, I, Me neither. Yeah. Okay. He. I will now refer to him as he. Yes. The funny thing is I was complaining after that I, I thought that he was a she at the time. And I was like, that was the only real woman besides um what was her name the um the, the one that he lady? hated oh yeah oh my god we should know since they said her name a thousand carol? times yeah carol, carol. B- baskets carol or basket <laughs> um there really weren't a lot of women in in this um but this one in particular is trans so yeah well go. the women were the ones who were uh you know part of that other guy's cult the guy with a ponytail and multiple wives he was freaking freaky. Why did all of them have several partners? Because they're narcissists. Because they're like, yeah. this is like narcissism on another level. I've never <laughs> seen anything like this. They're told, and yeah. that he goes by the name that he uses is like, a, you translate it into God, like godly one or something. I'm like, yeah, if that yeah, doesn't yeah. sound like a cult leader, come on. And then the they change the women's names. They tell him what to wear. It's just yeah, a I mean, full blown nightmare. Well, I mean, after you watch things like you know Tiger King, you're gonna want a, a palate cleanser. You're gonna want something that's really um, enlightening and informative. And that's why we need everyone to get the New Yorker subscription. This is the time to do For, it. I mean, no kidding. Yes, because 
you need quality uh, journalism to inform you and also entertain you. And this is the deal of a lifetime. So please, now is the time. Um, they have every every topic you can imagine, political, cultural, commentary, fiction, poetry, humor. It's really fun, in-depth pieces about the world around you and you can trust it, which these days is, you know, everyone questioning journalism. Go to sources you can trust like New Yorker. They have a deal for you. You get 12 weeks of the New Yorker for just $6 plus an exclusive tote at newyorker.com slash brain candy. Um, it's 12 weeks, three months, um, and you will save 50% when you enter our code brain candy at checkout. I just am it since I started quarantining, I have added a bunch of subscriptions to my agenda because I want to be reading the best stuff and yes. I also want to support good journalism. So yes. this was a great way to do it. And for six bucks, come on. Right. You get the tote too. It's great. Right. You're not going Go to Starbucks it. right now. So just spend that $6 on some Please. thing that will really fulfill your life and keep and you. And this is what I was saying even about Tiger King. It's like if people just had their hands on information, mm-hmm. they would make different choices. Yeah, so for sure. So be a part of the solution here, people. Yes. <laughs> yes. I beseech you. Please. Yes. Anyway, so the takeaway of Tiger King for you was what? Mm. Kind of makes this, you sad, didn't it? It made me really sad. Yeah. It's, I mean, I guess more, more awareness about these kind of roadside, I don't know, attractions that are like this, these animal, you know, I just feel like we got to, we, we're learning so much about animals and about emotions and about how they really do feel and they remember things. And, like, to think that they aren't, aren't mm, deserving of a life of, like, you know, freedom and, and to just be an animal, like, is just so sad. It's just us coming in and, and, and dominating over. It's not good when we do it over people or over animals. Well, not to be a downer, but I was thinking about since being in our home so much, like what it feels like for the elderly to be in nursing homes all the time. Mm, yeah. And how we, we really kind of forget about those folks a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just a reminder is helpful because then you can adjust your own behavior and yeah. where you put your money. Yes. Don't go to these types of zoos and things like that. But yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And to know you what you're, what you're supporting and you know, what you're contributing to and like what goes on behind the scenes, I think is always really important. Yeah. yeah and but this is a good look. I think, yeah, a really good look. <laughs> I think, um, well, and this is like so, so much more common, you know, I, before we even watched this, before it even came out, I was telling Ren that, you know, Hey Ren, did you know that there are more tigers in captivity in the United States than, you know, out anywhere or wherever, because I was telling him a story about a, uh, girl well at the time she's a little girl she's now grown up but mom, my mom's next door neighbor when she was growing up this woman named lisa um she was probably like six somewhere between like six and eight years old playing outside it was in la Cunata, california and a man who had a lion in captivity somehow like the lion got out and attacked her oh my god and bit her neck she has scars that go all the way down her chest 
and across her back. How the fuck back. did she survive? It's a fucking miracle. I don't know if, if somehow, like, the lion was shot or something happened, but I don't know oh how she God. lived. And she would always say that. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, my, your friend who was attacked by a lion? Yes, we're going to go visit her. And it was, like, a story that we always, like, heard growing up that, you know, Lisa was attacked by a lion. And it's a freaking real thing. Oh, my God. You know? And then there was that man who went nuts, and he had a bunch of... He had, like, 51 animals in captivity, and he let them all loose. Oh, yeah. And in Ohio... Yeah, why did he let them loose? What was he mad about? Oh, I think he he just snapped. I don't know what was going on. Yeah. And, okay. you know... I didn't know if it was, like, some sort of message. Did he kill himself, too? I think so. Yeah. And, yeah, so... And maybe it was, like... Maybe somebody was, was threatening to take his animals away, and he was, like, you know... Because that seems like a real trigger for these individuals, that when the, the threat of the animals, you know, going away. And that's how you know it's about more than the animals, because right. it, it's very much like that King Solomon thing where, like, uh, he says to cut the baby in half and whatever. Oh, right. My point is just that it, this is not about the animals. This is about this person's identity. Yes. And that losing the animal means they don't oh. have themselves in right. a way. Oh my and god. That's did, the scary bit. Did you do any deep diving into where these people are now? A little bit. Um uh, Joe's of course in jail mm-hmm. still. Mm-hmm. Um the other guy, he got raided, so I think he's gonna be in jail soon enough. Good. Cause it, they say that he has like an incinerator yes. on site where he burns them or whatever. Yes. Oh. <gasps> And then that Carol, she's just doing her own thing still. I mean, yeah. and then everyone else like has to find a normal job and move on with their life, and they're going to have a real hard time. I'm I'm anxious to see which ones of them tries to like profit off of this series. Oh because yes, you know they can now. They could have they could be fucking influencers. No joke. Oh my gosh, every single person was a character on there. I mean, you've have ne- never seen more. You couldn't write that. No, I told Scott, I was like, if you pitched this as a fictional account, they'd be like, no, that's not believable. We can't make that. Right. Man, <laughs> it's not, but. Yeah, but mm-hmm, it's great mm-hmm, for mm-hmm, people that are bored right now. Right. And, you know, the other one that I, I finally caved and watched it, mm. Love is Blind. Oh, yeah. I wanted to know what you thought. I didn't I see it. I loved it so much. Ren and I were both glued to the TV. Tell me why. Um. Oh, how does it... How do we even start? Like... Like, why is it... What makes it good? The premise is these yes. people can't see each other. Mm-hmm. So the and people... they're trying to make a soul connection or something. Yes. So the people can't see each other. They have these pods that they go into. The men and women are separated. The men live in one, like, you know, kind of like challenge style side of the house Mm -hmm. and the women live in another and they go in and they have their dates and I think this took place over a course of about a week where they were in the pods and doing all the interviewing and Mm -hmm. you meet people in the pods you go on these dates you talk and then at the end of the day or whatever you like come back and you socialize with you know the people of your same gender and that made it really interesting because you're going to talk about who you were talking to in there and so there are people who fell in love or had feelings for people that had feelings for other people, you know, and there was a lot of overlap. There were people. And so when you found out when one girl was like, oh my gosh, I really like this guy. And then the other woman is like, well, I like him too. And then you have Mm. like certain people who are saying like the same thing to two different girls and women. No. Yep. And then it comes down to like, 
oh my gosh, it's just, it's so, it's so good. It's so good. And then I just think that the casting was really well done. And I'm curious mm. to know how they did it. Like, because there are people who are great matches, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they first matched everybody up and then like put people in the house where they knew that like every person I, had like three potentials, you know, three people. I who- had read an article about how they cast it. Oh, tell me. They were just saying that they didn't do it that way, but they just really wanted people who they sensed truly wanted to find love and had kind of gotten screwed in yes. real life. Yes. And so they were just sort of really ripe and ready to meet someone that they connected with. Yes. Very right. And then they also said that there were a lot more people that they didn't show for one reason or another. Well, because they didn't end up getting picked. They didn't end up, they were, I think it started with 16. Some of them did. Some of them matched up and are in relationships still, but they weren't on the show. What? Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I want to know about them. Those are probably good ones. (laughs) Maybe they'll do a bonus one. Yeah, they totally should. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. So then, so there were so many different elements, like stages of this. So you have the, the, the storyline, like what goes on with them just in the pods and interviewing and they can't see each other. So everything is based on, and I assume that you're not allowed to ask things like, what do you do? You know, maybe you can ask that. You can't? Well, I don't know. I didn't see because when they, there were some, like there was the one woman that everybody hates, Jessica, she ends up (laughs) with one guy and... When they leave, you know, one of the things that once they like return back to like real life, one of the things that becomes an issue for them is like what he does for a job. And he's like, you knew what I did. You knew that this is like, we talked about this. And, you know, I wonder if they talked about maybe what he did, but not like, what's your income? What do you like? Things like that, because it also seemed like they didn't weren't, didn't talk about looks. They didn't talk about race. They didn't talk about those things, or they at least just didn't show them talking about that. And okay. uh, so, yeah, so you really are picking somebody based on, on emotion alone and seeing, like, is love blind? So then they, they then go to, on a honeymoon, this, like, pre-honeymoon. They get a trip together. So then you see how that plays out, how... And they can see each other then? And they can see each other. And then they have a few nights <laughs> alone, right? And then they have a few nights alone. And then they meet up with the whole group. And in that group are people that had feelings for each other too and you think oh my god who's gonna cheat who's gonna like did anyone no at least not not that they taught not that they mentioned or showed not that we know about and then they go home what do you think about no go ahead sorry no yeah what do you think about the debate that people were like why didn't they cast anyone that was sort of like less attractive you know or or different size or what do you think would that have improved it I mean, it improved it in, in maybe some ways, but, like, m- maybe for the, the drama of them, like, 
revealing what they look like when they pull back, you know, open the screen yeah, and they I see each other. Yeah, I think that could have led to cruelty. That could have led to cruelty for sure. I mean, th- yeah. this one girl, Jessica, she was kind of cruel. She was like, this guy oh wasn't, e-, like, she was like, I'm just used to dating guys who are, like, bigger. And this guy was, like, 5'9 or something, 5'10, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit tall, something like that. And she was, he was taller than her, and he's a wonderful person. And she was just like, mm-hmm. mm, I just don't like how you look. And she was, mm-hmm. she is, uh, Suze, you have to watch it just for this woman. She's, uh, she's, they, they nicknamed her Messica because she's <laughs> a hot mess. And then I felt so bad. So I was, I'm watching this. I'm like doing screenshots of like myself watching this and like, like shots of the TV and like what I'm watching. And then I took a, a picture of her and, and then underneath I wrote like, nope, 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 nope. And I was going to post oh, it. Wow. But then I was like, I showed Ren and I'm like, I feel bad doing, I can't do this because then you're like her. Yes, I'm just. A, I'm yeah. like. I'm. A, I was on TV. I know what that's like. I don't want to be like the person who attacks this this individual in like a. Yeah, mo- but it the, sounds like she was not. She was mean. She was mean. I couldn't stand her. Why is she like that? And, well, I mean, it, there it goes in. She briefly talks about how when she was four, like her dad left and. Mm. There's a big feeling of abandonment there, and that, so there oh, she it's does like a have. Mechanism. Yeah, she has. She even said she said I have detachment issues, and I know what she meant attachment issues, but you know, same thing. <laughs> um, but I was like, mm, we'll give it to you, like close enough. And uh, okay. so yeah, so I know she she like admits that she has like attachment issues, and so I think there's a part of that when, and then you can just really see how people's defense mechanisms come up in emotional moments and and you know when these couples get in fights and you can see how both of them become defensive you can you you just are it's so easy to be like no that's not the answer you should have given there you should have like validated what she was saying or or he was saying and all this stuff and it was just reality tv show gold and i loved it and ren and i both were like there's one couple oh my god that is like the greatest couple ever and they're totally meant to be together and they're fantastic is it that black girl in the white yes Yeah, they seem really cute. They are the cutest. And they were saying, Ren and I were like emotional watching them because they were saying all of the same lines that Ren and I said when we first met. Not Mm. met, you know, we met before. But when we got together and like, you know, reunited and we, and just like he said, you know, I'm never letting you go. And Ren looks at me and we were like, oh, you said that to me. Like, yeah. And because like. When you have those feelings, and it was really easy to see when it's really love, and mm. and oh, it was so beautiful. And but Ren and I were both watching it and think that the producers made a bigger deal of her family not accepting him because he was white than they actually how they actually felt. Mm. Like it seemed like they almost needed to create some drama with this couple because they were so good great together yeah that they 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 made it look like a really big deal in the in the promos and in like the the trailers and everything and then when you see her him talking to her father he says you know because race is a part like you know you guys being an interracial couple is part of it but that's not the only factor here and Mm. that was the line where ren and i were like see this isn't a big this is just one on he's doing what any dad would do who yeah. are you? What do you do for a living? Are you a good guy? You know, mm-hmm. what's your intentions here? Like, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so. 
Do you think that this show is exploitative at all, or do you feel like this is the one where you don't feel icky at all? I didn't feel it. I didn't think it was exploitative. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that it was. It was really easy to see who was like. I think they did a good job of maybe not like pushing people too much, or you know, there was there was uh, an interesting moment or, or something interesting that I saw where one of the couples that where the the guy said does not say i do and she said i do this you it you could tell that she was more in it for the attention or it felt to me like she was like an over actress or like over actor mm-hmm. who like was all she was always saying these things that sounded really poetic but when you really break it down you're like she's that's nothing that's not even a real you're not even saying anything there, you know? Mm-hmm. One of those where it's like, she's like talks in this way where everything's like she's reading out of like some poetry book or whatever. And I'm like, this is nothing. And then when he said no, <laughs> she like runs away and runs down the street and it's like, it turns into a whole big scene. And then her mother follows her and it's, and her mother ter- makes it all about her. And Ren and I are like, that's oh, where Lord. she gets it from. And because Ugh. her mom was like, this is so embarrassing. Like, oh, it should have been you saying no to him. And it turned into this whole thing. And then it, you could see that when she was done getting all the attention out of running away, that she then stormed back in and was like, no, I need oh, to yeah. talk to him. And then calls him over and is like, sit down right here and turn it into a whole scene. And I was like, and Ren was like, I hope that, that he doesn't say no just because so, so it doesn't give her the, the, the um, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the credit or whatever of being a martyr. Like doesn't mm. give her the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Not the validation. glory. The validation of being like a martyr. Like yeah. the opportunity to be, and she totally was pouty and did that and was like, mm, 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 oh. so like, you think oh like God. the gross stuff was more just the cast yeah. rather than yeah. being led. Okay. Yes. Because then there was a guy who, there was another couple where the woman said no. And the guy really did love her and really did have mm. feelings. And when she said no, and he walked off and the cameras followed, he was like, he walked off, but not like stormed out. He like left and, and, you know, and he was so sweet. He said, um, like when she said no and, and leaves the altar, he's standing there. He turns to the crowd and he goes, you know, thank you guys so much for coming here. And he has this, he says just wonderful words to the, to the people in the audience and says like, you know, my feelings for her are real and I really love her. And I hope that we have a chance to like, you know, make something out of this, blah, 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 blah. blah. But the mom of the, the, potential bride turns to her husband and says oh my god he's such a good guy like i love him and wants her daughter to be with him and it was the daughter who was like "Mm, i think he like i i don't have those same like she couldn't get past she friend zoned him she put him in the friend zone and he was like a wonderful great guy that she couldn't like cross over into that like make make like it wasn't hot and heavy and so then she like didn't like him but her sister's Go ahead. Do you think that meeting on a show like this is a healthy way to start your foundation, or do you think it's questionable? Um, I think for that one couple, Cameron and Lauren, it was totally healthy and fine because they were very uh, uh, stable. stable humans. Mm-hmm. Totally stable, really self-aware, really um, strong identities, really solid, like, mm-hmm. like just good people. And 
so I think that was good. That would be okay for them. But there were a lot of other ones. There's there's one couple that made it that got married. I do not think Ren and I have not watched the reunion yet. We are so excited to watch that. But <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. But yeah, so, so I think you. right. Me too. I'm like this is just so fantastic. And then I found a bunch of articles, like you know, not a bunch, but because I didn't want to do a deep dive until I saw the reunion. But one of the things that was just so I could not get over is that character, character, girl, woman, Jessica, Messica, uh, had the worst vocal fry mm. I've ever heard in my whole life. To, it, oh. It's such a thing that I was looking on Vice uh, you know, News today, and I found an article that was all about, like, why does this character have the worst vocal fry, like, baby voice ever? And oh. you really see how she talks one way with the men, and then when she... Ugh. And it's a completely different voice, where I was, I was, like, pouring myself a glass of wine or something in the kitchen, and I was like, who's talking? And they looked at the TV, and I was like, what? That's her real voice? Why does no. she do that? It was crazy how bad it was and how much she, ugh, like, so it almost feels like the, the voice that people, that, that, that people met and the one guy fell in love with isn't even a real voice. Yeah. And it's just so like. that's double icky. Double icky. And she had I the rest of her life judge. together, but. I really do try not to judge the vocal fry thing because people say it's sexist, but. I don't enjoy it. Uh, I don't. I don't enjoy it either. But I did in in looking at that article on, um, you know, the the baby talk and the vocal fry. It <laughs> led me to uh, another interesting article that was written. Um, oh, where did I find it? I can't remember where I found it. But it was this psychologist, two psychologists, and relationship experts talking about how baby talk is actually a sign of a healthy relationship. Come on. I know. Why? So she said they, they both agreed on this. The, the researchers who were, or the, the psychologists who were interviewed for this, they agreed that there's something about when you use that kind of tone of voice that it, it basically like triggers like this most universal human, I don't know, like every human responds to that. Every human, it's universal to all humans, like that kind of baby voice. And it replicates the first bonding experience that oh you have God. like with your parents. So it's seen in relationships when the relationship is, is healthy. And we don't, I don't mean like baby talk, like, oh, little, little baby, like more of like the, oh, hey, baby. Like it's like a, a higher tone, right. you know, and that that is a, a way to show that you're being vulnerable and yeah. to get like to, it's like a, a, without saying I'm vulnerable right now and, and you, you are here, you have me at, you know, my most vulnerable. We use that voice and it naturally and conveys that message to our partner that makes us All feel right. like safe in there. Interesting, I'll huh? allow it. Yeah, but they yeah. did, however, say that there are times when you cannot use baby voice and they <laughs> said in public... <laughs> during an argument or if your partner yeah. doesn't like it yeah that's a good rule of right thumb. i was like yeah that's important you know make sure but i would not like somebody to be like oh little baby like don't talk to me like oh, that no 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 carmax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you because at carmax we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car you should love your car that's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. 
Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Like, but, my, you know. Both of my husbands claim that um, I develop a lisp whenever I'm flirting. Oh, I, okay. I could see that. I think years ago we asked you and you were like, ah, oh, definitely know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you knew what you were talking I do, about. I do know what, because I, th- I could see that in, now thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It's so weird. Um, yeah. I guess everybody has their little tics. I kind of develop an accent too, though, but mine sounds more like, like, oh, oh. yeah, like people ask, like, where are you from? Like, I don't sound no, like I'm from what California. what kind is it? Somebody oh said that God. I sound like the mom from The Incredibles. <laughs> Whatever that what? accent is. It's like, wow. More like East, I don't know, who knows, but they're like, yeah, you well, sound that's just adorable. Like her. Right. And I was like, oh, that's my flirty voice. Mom from Incredibles. <laughs> well, people are really hot for the mom from Incredibles. Yeah, she's got a good like, booty. There's, yeah, there's a whole subculture of people who are like Hell really yeah. into her backing that thing up. Great. Elastic. <laughs> so maybe it'll work for you. Yeah. Oh, that's anything funny. else you have to say before we go? Oh my gosh. Oh, we're gonna go. There's so I many know. things. Okay, this was on my subject of cats, so I just have to throw mm-hmm. this in there because it's just like a little side thing. And then I'm gonna send you the photo of this when we're done so you can like freak out and everybody else can Google this too. There is a an woman in um Calgary, no, not Calgary, uh, New Zealand, in Christchurch, New Zealand, whose name is Claire Third. And she found it, she's a taxidermist, and mm. she found a dead cat on the side of the road and, you know, thought somebody maybe might claim it or, you know, didn't have an owner, didn't have any tags, didn't have any microchips, couldn't find who owned it. And after like three weeks, she was like, okay, I'm going to make something out of this. She turned the dead cat into a purse. No. And sold it on eBay. No. And people are like, I don't like it. And she's like, well, really, I'm like respecting the animal and like putting care in work. So my question to you, mm. would you turn your cat into a piece of, <laughs> uh, into a fashion accessory? Should he ever pass away? Oh, God. Not only would I not do that, <laughs> but I just don't know why anyone would do that. When I send you the picture of what this freaking bag looks like, you're going to die. Was it cute? No. It's terrifying. <laughs> Did she sell the damn thing? Yes. Sold. Someone bought it. Someone bought it. Now I want to know who bought it. They didn't say that in that the article. That is sick. That is sick. Weird. Because, uh, let me think. I mean, is it any more sick than having a leather purse? Maybe not. Ooh, good point. Maybe we're all hypocrites. I know. know. Hmm, cat purse. Yeah, go ahead and Google that, people. Is it fur or just the skin? It's the head, too. <laughs> oh, no. Suze, no, I'm going to no, send no. it to you right now, and you're going to freak out. <laughs> Okay, well, the head part, I'm going to look. The head part changes things. Get ready. Here Here we go. Here it comes. Because if it were just like cat skin, coming your way. (laughs) Let's see. (gasps) Yes. (laughs) I live for that reaction. It's like a clutch. It's, oh, it's a clutch. With a head on it. Look, here, I'll give you another one that has an even better picture of. I mean, Sarah. we're definitely posting this, so get ready. Oh, um, my God. It even has, like, a jeweled chain that it... <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's a clutch. Right? I don't know why that makes it worse. Wow. Oh, God. Yeah, so enjoy that. And the 
The cat's eyes are open. Yeah, that's the other weird part for me. Why did they do that? Right, like, she had to glue them up like that. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, God. Yeah. Look at uh, look at the night. This is like a closer view where you get to actually see the the, the bedat like the chain, the, the carry <laughs> chain with the jewels, and you sit it that on that. Actually, couch. makes it better. Ah, it does. It makes it worse for me. <laughs> what if? Uh, well, so I, I can put on the that. list of things not to get Susie for her um, <laughs> birthday or Christmas uh, a taxidermy cat purse. I have all the cat purses I need. Thank All right, you. that's where we'll end. Wow, on that note, everyone, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.